Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It has been a difficult month for Cardinal fans. One month ago today, we lost to Lou Brock. And obviously on Friday, we got word that Bob Gibson had passed away at the age of 84. And a guy who covered both of those players and a Hall of Famer himself, uh, Rick Hummel of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Kamish, it's always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking some time to reminisce about Gibby. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start with this because Gibson was great in so many ways. But I want to find out from you what you think made him him great. I think that it was his will that he was going to win any battle, whether it was with another hitter or another team or anybody. He just felt he was the stronger man. Uh, did he have the greatest stuff of all time? But no, I mean, he had great stuff. He had a fastball and a slider. That's all he had. He, I mean, curveball, he threw just once in a while. And, and he, admittedly, even by his standards, it was awful. So he just tried to trick people with it once in a while. And, and, and he allowed quite a few of his home runs on that pitch when he threw it. Uh, but, uh, you know, the people say he was the, one of the greatest competitors ever. That, that sounds kind of trite, but I, I don't know that that's wrong. Rick, he had such a decorated career. He had the accolades, the records, the hardware. And there's so many stats and stories that you can look at and say this is the essence of Bob Gibson. But in your opinion, if you had to use one stat or one story to describe him as a pitcher, what would it be? Well, on July 15, 1967, Roberto Clemente of the Pirates had a line drive off his leg and was later discovered to be broken. Um... Gibson missed like, I don't know, only six weeks, but uh, he continued to pitch in that game with a broken leg. He faced three more hitters. Now, I guess the, you could tell he was really out of sorts because he walked two of them. <laughs> 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 but, the, yeah, to to keep pitching with a broken leg and then come back as quickly as he did, pretty remarkable. Yeah, he came back uh, early September and then won – that night, and then won a bunch of games as they they clinched the the pennant. It wasn't a, it was kind of a one sided race that year. They they might have won anyway without him. His Nelson Browse was really good uh, both during the time Gibson was out and then after he came back. But still, he came back, and then by the World Series, he was pretty much top drawer because he won. That's the one World Series where he was was three and zero. He was two and one and the other two, but he was 3-0 and against Boston. Rick Hummel has had great relationships over the years with so many Cardinal players, and people might not realize this, Rick, but you, you actually had conversations with George Hendrick. He trusted you, although he wouldn't allow you to, to quote him, but even Silent George talked to you. But 
Gibby was famous for his prickly personality. How did your relationship with him evolve and then wind up? When I started covering the team in the early to mid-70s, I was like the third guy. So I would get maybe a Sunday home game or something, you know, every every week or every couple weeks or something. And often he seemed to be pitching that game. And maybe I was just fresh meat for him. <laughs> he was tired of seeing the other reporters because he seemed to, to, to take – he didn't take umbrage with me. He just was, you know, he accepted me as that's what I was doing, and I we got along fine. And then when uh, he, I guess it, the relationship really started when Huey went in the Hall of Fame, and I went out there to do Omaha to do a story on him. And we spent a lot of time together that day, and on the phone some other days, and and we got to know each other pretty well. Uh, and from then on, that was almost forty years ago, I guess. I uh, I would try to keep touch with him as much as I could. I'd see him in spring training every year for a long time. And then he'd show up on opening day for a long time. And I could call him. Uh, I got to the point where I could call him about anything. I had to kind of time it where he wasn't watching the young and the restless on TV. <laughs> and then, and you knew he would still give you that persona. He'd pick up the phone and say, what? <laughs> and then you just go, go ahead and, and, uh, plow ahead with your questions or comments, but he wanted just to keep you at arm's length if he could anyway. Rick, he, he seemed to be such a funny guy, and all of the pieces that I was reading about him, yours included, it mentioned the, the personality that he had outside of baseball, and it seems like he had really good one-liners or particular jabs that he would take at people. Is there anything that he would say to you that was really funny that you could share with us? Well, he liked to call me Poison Pen, um, <laughs> which I guess he considered... All of the reporters poison pens, but he decided that would be my nickname, poison pen. <laughs> so I just identify myself as that when I call it. This is poison pen calling. Commission, this obviously has been a horrible year. Twenty twenty has, but you look at the last seven years and you look at the representation in Cooperstown, not just among Cardinals and losing Stan and Red and Lou and now Bob, but losing guys like Tom Seaver over the course of the last couple of months. Those faces that we saw year after year after year in Cooperstown are diminishing. And we really, we do have to savor those. And especially because you get to be a part of that now, you really do have to savor the opportunities you have, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I I treasure... The amount amounts of time that I got to spend with these guys, both uh, professionally and personally, and uh, I didn't see you know their entire careers. I mean, I, I didn't see Gibson pitch in 1959 or 60 very much, except uh, in the ballpark once in a while, or, or what rare games might be on TV. But I, you know, later on I got to see him. Later on I got to see Brock, um, and then uh, you know Tom Seaver I got to see pitch several times a year when the Mets or the Reds or somebody would come in or I'd go there. And, uh, yeah, you have to savor the moments. And I, and I, I did, I did at the time and I do now. Rick, so much of what we identify from the St. Louis Cardinals organization, toughness, resiliency, you know, uh, class, we have tradition, we have greatness, winning, all of these things that we as St. Louisans look at the Cardinals and we take pride in. A lot of it can be traced back to guys like Lou Brock and Bob Gibson. So when you think about the things that we still identify with here in modern day, how much of that is because of of guys like that that still permeates today? 
Well, you'd like to think that all the current players are very aware of who those two guys were, and I think most of them are. There have been some teams where not as many as should have known who they were knew. But if you have Wainwright and Molina kind of setting the tone, uh, not only for this team, but to to tell these guys more about Gibson and Brock, if if anybody wants to ask him about him, because these guys have known him for a lot longer than some of the younger guys. Uh, that that tone is always going to be there. It, they're not going to be. They weren't coaches so much. They were they like uh, Gibson liked to call himself and Brock celebrity coaches, which I guess they were. <laughs> they would be standing on the sidelines, and, and uh, but there would be guys like Trevor Rosenthal, for instance, got very close to Gibson, and, and Gibson helped them a lot. Flaherty, as, as you know, as documented, has become was, was was close to Gibson, and not just for for pitching, but for a lot of things. But there were some times over the years when uh, other guys weren't weren't quite as aware. I, I I will say that the year of the strike, and the and the I guess the year after the strike, 1995, when they had the replacement players in camp, and Gibson was uh, a coach on on Joe Torre's staff at that point, and uh, I think he might have been just an assistant in spring training that year. But um, he said he really enjoyed coaching that year because these guys actually listened to me you know they'd be telling something and they, they didn't have their own preconceived notions of how to do this or that they were they were you know stockbrokers or whatever else they were just just having fun and trying to play in the big leagues that's pretty cool one more thing for rick hummel the commish who is with us on 101 espn we've heard so many people say over the course of the last three or four days rick that if they had one pitcher to pitch game seven of a world series they would pick Bob Gibson. I would assume that you are one of those that would pick Gibby, right? Yeah, and for if the rules were this were when the pitchers were hitting, he might break. There may be a lot of guys you would like to have up there, you know, pitching that game. But he could also hit and field. He was an athlete, and he gave you another player on the field, not just a pitcher. That might break the tie with anybody else you'd come up with. I don't see. Like say Tom Seaver hitting a home run over the Green Monster in, in Fenway Park, you know he, I could see him pitching great ball. Now, I'm not going to say he was less or better than Gibson pitching, but the whole the whole package Gibson is your guy. Great point, Rick. It's always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. You bet, guys. All right, we'll see you later. That is the Commission, Rick Hummel, Hall of Famer on 101 ESPN. Next up, another future Hall of Famer, Danny Mac with scoops with Danny Mac coming up. He's next on 101 ESPN.